0: Welcome to the Riveting Rosie's podcast, a space dedicated to conversations with women that educate, empower, and inspire. I'm your host, Francesca, and I'm so excited to be here with you and share the stories of some badass women. So we can go ahead and get started. Um, thank you again for agreeing to come on here. I'm super excited to get started and kind of like get to know you, um, and hear everything that you have to say. So I'm going to start by letting you, um, just briefly introduce yourself and talk a little bit about the kind of work that you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having me today. Um, I'm honored to be on here, but for me, my background, I never really thought I would end up in coaching, Um, quite honestly. I've always coached when I was younger. I did like coaching for cheerleading and gymnastics, Um, but I had a huge passion for helping people. That's always been something that's resonated with me since I was very little, kind of like the... people-pleaser, caretaker, just wanting everyone to be happy around me, kind of the peacemaker. Maybe it's the middle child. (laughs) Um, But I actually started out, I didn't know I was going to go into the field of psychology, but that's kind of where I fell into. Um, A Long story short, with that aspect, I had been working, um, I ended up getting a cheerleading scholarship, essentially, a partial scholarship to a local university by my home, and I Didn't think I was going to go to a university right out of the gate. I thought I would go to community college. And so I ended up getting the opportunity to cheer at the university. So I went there and I just said, you know, I'll go for a year, get cheerleading out of my system, and then I'll transfer to a different school because I was very interested in architecture, actually. Mm -hmm so I ended up falling in love with the field of psychology, just the human mind and how everything always ties back to our thoughts and our behaviors. And that's what creates our actions we take. And that's something that really resonated with me on like a core level. And so through my bachelor's degree, I ended up getting to graduate a year early and I moved from Florida to California to do my master's and my doctorate in psychology. And like I said, I really love the field of just understanding people and really understanding how we have these patterns. And um, through working in the field of psychology, I loved it. I loved being able to help people, especially families. That's where I specialized, families and couples. And just seeing that dynamic unfold and being able to kind of be that objective, non-biased person in the room has really Mm -hmm. helped me just individually and internally and externally. And so I got to the point where I got really burnt out. And once I got burnt out, I knew there was more to life. Like I just felt that I was not living up to my potential in a way. I wanted to be able to impact more people's lives and really help the masses. And I ended up deciding after working in the field for a while and finishing up my doctorate, I decided to move home to Florida and start my coaching business because I felt that with coaching, it's a completely different path. And I struggled in the beginning to Um, move from therapy to coaching. But I realize where that is my lane. And sometimes in life, we have to go different routes to get to where we're ultimately supposed to be. And I feel so grounded in my decision to move from therapy to coaching. And like I said, I'm a huge advocate for therapy still. But for me, I felt the platform of coaching and really being able to niche down into women entrepreneurs because my clientele is really me a few years ago and (laughs) (laughs) overworking themselves the high achievers just beautiful souls that sometimes get a little lost and trying to do it all but having the space to really hone in on themselves so they can give to more to others
0: so that's a very long (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely that's awesome so you mentioned that you know like the transition from therapy to coaching, um, was a little difficult. So can you talk about what that experience was like and, um, you know, how you went about navigating the need to market yourself as a coach, um, and find clients to work with and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And for me, I really struggled in the beginning because I wasn't sure if I was ready to fully give up being a therapist because like I said, I did love it. It was just really high stress job in the location I worked to. I loved all my clients and every single one of them brought something so beautiful to the room. Um, But with transitioning, a lot of times there's kind of like a, sometimes therapists aren't really fans of coaches and vice versa. And that was my experience. I learned differently as I've been in the field longer with coaching um, and therapy as well. But for me, that transition was as a therapist, we're taught in school that we really don't promote ourselves. We like on any social media platform, everything's very reserved in that way. We like promote on psychology today, which is a great resource for therapy. Um, But I had grown up learning in school that you don't promote yourself. It's very like confidential, you don't really put yourself out there. You don't really talk about yourself. Um, unless it's relevant to the client and it's a story that it's going to help them see a different perspective, but it's Mm -hmm. very confined. And so from going from not really putting myself out there to the complete different (laughs) extreme was very challenging because I had this internal conflict for, I would say the first two years of my coaching business, I've been doing it about two and a half, three years now. Um, But I've learned so much too. And how Beautiful both like I know a lot of therapists now that are coaches as well and seeing them blended together has been a beautiful journey To watch to unfold and I had this preconceived notion in a way Previously when I started so what I have now today, so it's it was great to see that evolution But I think for me in the beginning It was just so hard based off of like the principles I was given in the beginning and now being able to really flourish and understand the more you put yourself out there when it's relevant to what's going to be helpful and the greater good, it's a great opportunity for both fields. But it it was very challenging. And that's where I think the beginning for me was as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I know it can be so, you know, like difficult to become comfortable with putting yourself out there, especially on such a big platform where literally anyone can see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. So um, talking a little bit more about the work that you do now with coaching, um, you said you, you know, focus with female entrepreneurs, um, people that are often like overworking themselves and that sort of thing. So what kind of approach do you have to coaching? What are the typical things that you w- would work with someone on? And what does a typical coaching session look like?
1: Yeah. So for me, my like typical tactics that I use with coaching, it, every client's different in some capacity. Right. But the main things that I really see or common themes are just more of the perfectionism, um, especially as an entrepreneur sometimes because you want everything to be perfect and get it out there. But at some point in order to learn and to grow, you have to kind of just go with the flow and be able to navigate and pivot. And we've seen that a lot in 2020 of just so many businesses having to pivot based off of the Mm -hmm. COVID-19. But really for me, it was being able to create a safe space for my client to really understand, okay, what's going on here? That's not working within your life because it becomes so overwhelming when you are trying to build your business. You are trying to take care of yourself, take care (laughs) of like your relationships, whether you're married or single. Um, I have a flux of uh, women that are married or single as well. So it's not niched on that end, but I think just even as a single individual, you are your friends, your family. Um, If you have a significant other, just if you have a a pet, like all these people are requiring attention from you. And where are you giving yourself that attention? And I think that's, like I mentioned earlier too, my ideal client was me a few years ago because I just wasn't taking care of myself. And I think the core of that was boundaries. And that's where a lot of my work lies with my clients is creating boundaries because it's an evolution of boundaries as well like when we come in contact with different people or different phases in our lives we have to set different types of boundaries we have to um adjust as necessary and i think that's something i didn't really see previously and now i'm seeing it in my clients too so it's a little bit um, clearer for me to be able to point it out and help navigate and guide them To finding that solution that's gonna be best for them and their lifestyle. Because that's what it comes down to when we have different lifestyles. What are our priorities? And that's where we really work into okay, what are your priorities and how can we make this work the best way possible for you? Yeah. And giving them the set tools to be able to do that without me, because that's my goal, to have them thrive and not need me anymore. Right. Um, Yeah.
0: (laughs) Definitely. So Um, You know, like going back to COVID-19, I know it was hard for a lot of people um, who had to start working like from home and dealing with that, um, like living in the same environment that they're working in and, you know, like trying to figure out some sort of work-life balance. Um, So can you talk a little bit about like how you would help someone with that if they were like a client coming to you?
1: Yeah, I actually did have a client in that situation. <laughs> um, so this is very relevant. Um, but yeah, the client, she lives with her family. And it was very overwhelming in the beginning because she's worked from home. She has her online business. Um, and being around her family, it was a lot because she was used to everybody kind of having their own activities mm-hmm. and not have to rely on like, okay, can I use this space? or Is it going to be noisy when I have a, a call with the potential client, whatever it may be. And I think it really comes down to creating a space and communicating what you need in those times too, because I think communication is very important when it comes to setting those boundaries. Because if you're communicating, I need this room for like from one to two. Okay. So then they know, okay, this is blocked off for so-and-so. Um, I'm not going to mention my client's name, but like being able to understand, okay, I need the space for this time and setting those clear boundaries was really a key for her success. And she's been able to really thrive the last month or so because she was able to implement those boundaries in the working space because it is overwhelming too. But I think when we communicate, okay, I need downtime for like the next 20 minutes and like removing yourself from that space. I think it's a little harder if you have confined spaces, um, not as much room to like kind of negotiate the space. Mm -hmm. But depending on where you live, is there a place like a park close by that's safe to work out of? Or is there um, a different area in the house? But I think it was really coming down to understanding everybody's needs and how to navigate that because it can be really challenging.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think like setting boundaries – is like definitely something that like I personally struggle with. And I know that it's something that a lot of people struggle with um, in like, you know, setting boundaries is important in every aspect of your life. So that can definitely play a huge role. So how, um, w- what would you say is like the best way to not only set boundaries for yourself when it comes to like work and all of that, but also like start to implement um, some things that, uh, like help with self care and you know like other things that aren't working. <laughs> you know, like how do you go about adding those into your schedule, or like what would you suggest for someone who needs to kind of like take a step back and slow down a little bit?
1: Yeah, I think it's writing down too like I talk about this a lot, but like when it comes to boundaries, it it varies. but I think the main thing is being able to say no or asking for what you need. Those are like the two key with boundaries and like being able to set them. Implementing is another layer to that. But when we start to say no to things, like we have to understand somebody's not going to always be happy with us when we say no to them. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's really saying no to them so you can say yes to yourself. And like that's a firm thing I say with everybody all the time because I, like you and like a lot of other listeners... I struggled with boundaries and probably more so so <laughs> I think that's why I'm able to really see it clearly now um, but understanding that Boundaries are what protect your energy and your time and your space and when we can implement them It goes back to your tone how you're saying it what you're saying um, And that respect the mutual respect Depending on who you're speaking with too. It's just really creating that space of understanding no means no, Um, Mm -hmm. and it's not intentionally to be rude or mean, it's really just so everybody can be on the same page and have that clear understanding of where you're at. Um, So, and another thing with boundaries too, it's letting other people take care of themselves. You don't have to do everything for everybody. I think that comes into play a lot with like a caretaker, givers, just, and people pleasing. Like those Mm -hmm. are the top three things I see a lot. Because it's everybody has a good heart and everybody wants to do everything for everyone. But sometimes (laughs) you have to take that step back and see, like, I think a good telling point is how do you feel? Like, are you exhausted every day? Do you feel drained? Like, tell how you feel like when you get off the phone with somebody or talk having a conversation with somebody. That could be really telling too. Are you energized and like, wow, that was just such a great conversation? Or you feel exhausted and you're ready for a nap. I think that could be really telling too when you are setting boundaries or who you're interacting with your circle.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know, like, um, yeah, paying attention to how you feel is, I think, something that a lot of, like you were saying, like, people pleasers and anyone who kind of, like, fills that sort of role, it's something that they don't usually think about, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like, you don't focus on yourself for the most part. So, (laughs) like, trying to, you know, like, be a little bit more introspective and ask yourself, like, what are you feeling? What do you need? Um, I think that can be really challenging for a lot of people.
1: Yeah. And to your point too, like to understand, and this is a little tip that might be helpful, like what you need, like thinking to what makes you happy, like what fills your cup? Is it just being able to have five minutes in the morning to have like a cup of coffee or tea? Is it, being able to get out in nature. That's like a big one for me. So I talk about that, but Mm -hmm. maybe it's like being able to just have quiet for five minutes or being able to read a book, um, things that are really fulfilling you or talking to a friend that always lights you up, but understanding too, of like writing it down, I think could be really like the visual aspect because I know everybody's a different learner when it comes to like, what makes sense for them. But I think sometimes when you can see it visually, it's easier to be like, okay, this is a non-negotiable
0: and incorporating that into your schedule as well. Absolutely. Um, So moving in a slightly different direction (laughs) with (laughs) your your background in psychology and therapy. um, And I know like, especially with everything going on with COVID, I think a lot of people have been struggling with mental health um whether it was something that they were already dealing with before that's maybe gotten worse with the situation or something that they hadn't really struggled with before that might have come up because of um you know like having to isolate from people or being stuck inside all the time and that sort of thing um so how does like the mental health aspect of your background um work into what you do now with coaching
1: yeah i think i'm able to really see clearly too if a client is ready for coaching or if it's more on the therapeutic level that they're needing help mm-hmm. and i'm the first one to be able to i at least i would like to think is referring <laughs> them to somebody who can do therapy that needs the deeper work um, because i think it's so important that we're getting what we need and i think A lot of people are struggling right now and that's something I have worked with my clients currently with is just mentally charging themselves up the mental self-care so really checking in with themselves whether it's just doing a quick like I talked about this the other day with a client is a body scan like checking in with how their body feels sometimes like a big one that I've noticed too for myself and others is like clenching the jaw like Mm -hmm. when they're stressed out like Just kind of checking in a few times a day with themselves, especially because a lot of people are still working from home. And if you're home all day, like you might be sitting on the couch or sitting on a chair um, or in bed, wherever like your space is, but just really tuning into your feelings. Um, Another one is just kind of keeping a gratitude journal, like what you're grateful for, making it very simple. It doesn't have to be extravagant things, but I'm thankful that I have clean water or I was able to take a shower today like keeping it the basic necessities of that. Sometimes we like forget our privileges or just like really Mm -hmm. amazing things that we too have access to. But I think it starts the small part of really just checking in with themselves. And that's how like I've been doing it with my clients because the main, I mean, I start in my program and just my coaching in general, it's about balance and then it moves into self-love and boundaries But part of the self-love piece is really like empowering themselves and checking in with their self-care, their self-empowerment, how they're feeling about themselves. Because I think if you're not checking in with yourself, it affects us on so many different levels that we're not even fully aware of. So I really draw in my psychology background in that aspect because I can see things in a different perspective or I just have the knowledge base. Um, So I do bring that
0: in. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you were to kind of, um, you know, like give your best coaching advice to any entrepreneur that's currently, um, you know, like struggling to balance their time or um, is just like feeling really burnt out, that sort of thing, like what would you give as um, like a piece of advice to them?
1: Yeah, if they haven't already, it's really just asking for help we can do a lot, and sometimes we're so much of an overachiever. But it's really leaning on those people that can help you, whether it's maybe it is therapy, maybe it is coaching. But as a coach, I think the main thing is being able to really check in with yourself every day, but also say, make sure that you're saying no to the things that are not important right now and focusing on the things that are, because that's where. I think our energy levels too, just, and I'm like a big firmer, um, believer of the universe and just like energetically, because I feel Mm -hmm. like that shifts how we show up in the world too. But just really making time for yourself is probably the most important thing I would say to be right
0: now, even if you do feel overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So on the flip side of that, for someone who, um, maybe like, isn't an entrepreneur yet, but is thinking about going into that field in the future, what are some things that you would recommend like having in place or, um, you know, like practicing so that it becomes more routine before they, you know, like are a little bit overloaded with work so that they can like have a good foundation for um, like, you know, healthy self-care and healthy boundaries and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, I think the main thing for me- me that I've like tried to instill with my clients as well is I started probably now four and a half years ago um, using I don't know if you're familiar with the calm app Mm -hmm. so I use that every morning for like anywhere from two minutes to like maybe an hour depends on how stressed out I am if I'm (laughs) stressed out I do more (laughs) um but being able to meditate for like at least two minutes a day um start small but like it shifts every single day. But I think that's one thing that really keeps my mind fresh and healthy and my overall like outlook on life and my gratitude. So I would say meditating is a really big one that, oh, well, you'll hear a lot of entrepreneurs as well, like that I've come in contact with are all about meditating as well. Mm -hmm. But, and I think the other two biggest things are sleep. You feel like you can't have enough time to sleep because you're always working. That's how I was in the beginning too. I didn't think I had time to sleep because I was (laughs) excited about, oh, I got this new idea. Like 16 hours later, maybe I need to go to sleep. (laughs) Um, So that's definitely one thing. Sleep is really important. You might think, oh, I'll sleep later. I'll sleep when I like go on. But I I think it's really important to embody sleep and um, do one thing of exercise, a physical exercise, Can really it's not only for your physical health but it's also for your mental health too whether it's walking yoga some kind of youtube class dance whatever it may be or like makes you happy definitely do that so sleep exercise and meditating are like my top three things that i think are so so important
0: yeah absolutely well that is all that i have for you today so thank you so much again for agreeing to come on
1: Thank you so much. And thank you for creating this platform. I'm honored to be on here today.
0: I appreciate that so much. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Riveting Rosies podcast. A new episode is released every Monday and Friday. So don't forget to subscribe. I would love if you left a review to tell me what you liked about this episode. Or let me know if you have any suggestions about who you want to hear on the podcast in the future. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at rivetingrosies.podcast to get updated when new episodes are released and to find out about upcoming guests. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you'll join me again for next week's episodes.